Hello, I'm Sophia Marriage and I'm the rector at St Mark's Church in Portobello. Israel, at the time of Jesus, was in desperate state. It was in the midst of oppression and violence. Where was God in all the hatred and power struggles? The story of Jesus' birth affirms that God was right in the middle, not in power and glory, but in ordinary people in daily life. Joseph is normally given a small role at the birth and then completely forgotten. I suspect he had been looking forward to marriage and family life, giving his firstborn son his own name to keep the family name going and teaching his sons the family business. But his fiancée Mary then tells him that she has been visited by an angel who has told her she's pregnant with God's son. Yeah, right. Joseph was a good man, a man who clearly cared for Mary and didn't want to disgrace her publicly. While he was thinking what to do, he had a dream confirming Mary's story and asking him to do something new, to marry Mary and to name the child. And he ended up doing what all his friends would have said was definitely the wrong thing to do, taking in a pregnant woman and raising her son as his own, taking her guilt and ridicule onto himself. So what about us? The story of Jesus' birth is full of mystery and metaphor, sign and symbol. But in it, two ordinary people were asked to bring to life a baby who was to change the course of human history. Joseph had the courage to go against the crowd, standing by Mary and taking her shame. He cared for this baby, teaching him to talk, play and work. He named him, affirming his identity. Jesus, meaning he saves. Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Our world is full of pain and suffering. We see it in Aleppo. We see it in the survivors of abuse. We see it in families torn apart by mental illness, unemployment and despair. Somehow in this pain, I believe God is present. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, like Joseph, we listened to the messages inviting us to see God's presence? Angels and weird dreams would be good, but failing that, if we listen, we can hear inner promptings of conscience, whispers, signs of beauty and wonder, which invite us to join something new. And there are signs of hope, courage in the midst of hatred, generosity in the midst of self-preservation, hope in the midst of despair a desire for love in the tensions of our families and friends. We must respond, not with despair at the darkness, but with a hope of a different way of living, saying goodbye to previous expectations and ideas. And then we can dare to nurture that hope, naming and celebrating the presence of God in all our confusion and doubt, in all our messiness and hurt. We celebrate a God who is not up in glorious splendour in heaven, disconnected from us, but a God who is truly Emmanuel, God with us, not in the perfect or the successful, but in our homes, our hearts, in the streets of Portobello and in the world around us. Let us join Joseph, refusing to be defined or devoured by our past betrayals, hurts and broken dreams, but naming and celebrating God's presence amongst us, even when the pretty lights have been taken down and life returns to normal. Happy Christmas. My name is Andy Scarcliffe and I'm the minister of Portobello Baptist Church. 
One of my favourite stories about Charlie Chaplin, the great comedian, is the story of how when he was on holiday in Monaco one year, he was driving along the street and he saw a sign advertising a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest. So he decided to enter, and that's pretty surreal. But it's even more surreal to discover that the judges put him in third place when they assessed all of the contestants. There they were sitting in the presence of greatness and they did not recognise it when it was staring them in the face. And I'm sure in Bethlehem they had no idea what greatness was being born that night on the first Christmas. This was a world-changing event, and yet I'm sure that most of the people in Bethlehem had no idea what was happening. I'm sure the shepherds had no idea what was happening until God decided to send his choir of angels to sing to them. Now that in itself is quite a surprising thing because these shepherds were not religious people. In fact, they were rejected by the religious community because they could not go to the temple on a regular basis and offer sacrifices and worship because they were out in the fields, basically, tending their sheep. These were hard men who had to protect their sheep from wild beasts. But God had a plan for them and God sent his angels to invite them to the birth of Jesus. Now, you would have expected God to send his angels to the philosophers or the theologians or the political leaders or the powerful people. You would have expected God to have his son born in a palace. Instead, he reaches out to shepherds. This actually has a message for us this Christmas, that God has a plan for our lives and he invites us all to the party, whether we're religious or not, whether we're successful or not, whether whatever our lives have been, he invites us to be part of his story. Just like those early shepherds, they went back glorifying and praising God on their way home. They passed on what they had experienced because God had invited them to be part of his story. God, this Christmas, invites you to be part of his story. I wonder what your response will be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to hear your voice. Help us to respond to your invitation to be part of your story this Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm Stuart Weaver. I'm the minister at Portobello and Joppa Parish Church. And I'm just going to talk a little bit about angels. Because could we have Christmas time without angels? In the Christmas stories told by Matthew and Luke, angels play a key role in moving everything forward. When Matthew tells a Christmas story, an angel appears three times to Joseph, and all occur in dreams. In the first, the angel tells Joseph not to separate from the pregnant Mary. In the second, an angel tells him to flee to Egypt to escape Herod. And in the third, the angel tells Joseph it's time to go back home from Egypt. In Luke, the angel Gabriel announces to the elderly Zechariah that he will have a son who will prepare the way of the Lord. That son will be John the Baptist. Gabriel also appears to Mary to let her know that she will bear Jesus, who is the Son of God. And later in the story, an angel announces to the shepherds that Jesus has been born And then we have a whole host singing praises to God. 
angels, the messengers of God. They appear in dreams and they appear out in the world. It's almost as if they appear from inside of us, an expression of our innermost hopes and dreams and fears. And they appear outside of us, inhabitants from another world, a world of peace, of plenty, of light, and of hope, that paradise so many of us yearn to see. The Canadian thinker Charles Taylor has suggested that for many of us the world is no longer enchanted. There is no longer the same mystery and wonder that once there was. Enchanted. To chant into. To sing into. The world, it seems, is no longer sung into. And I wonder who. Who is called to do that singing? Christmas time resonates with the sound of singing. We recently took a poll at the church, and the top hymns were Silent Night, In the Bleak Midwinter, and O Come All Ye Faithful. Silent Night, an expression of yearning for the silence, the peace, and the quiet that we've lost in the cacophony of life. In the bleak midwinter, especially that last emotive verse, yearning to give of ourselves within a world of consumer grasping, what can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can I give him, I give my heart. O come, all ye faithful, a desire to join together in community, these songs expressing needs and desires and yearnings of our modern age. Christmas time is a time of enchantment. Let us then enchant. Let us sing our dreams out of our hearts and our minds and our souls. Let us sing the yearning for another world where there is peace, where there is healing, where the lamb lies down with the lion. Let us sing into the world that we may enchant it with our hopes and our dreams, our spirit and our love, and with all that we have been given as human beings created by God. And as we sing, with our voices and words and our actions and our lives, as we sing in love and in grace, we will enchant each other, we will enchant the world. We ourselves will become the host of angels, singing glory to God in the highest and peace, goodwill towards all. Christmas would be impossible without the angels. Christmas is impossible without enchantment. Yours and mine and the angels. Amen. My name is Father Jock Dalrymple and I'm parish priest of St John's, Portobello and St Mary Magdalene's Bingham. I'm going to reflect on Mary, the mother of Jesus. There's a medieval poem that the scholars tell us was created perhaps around the year 1400 in England that I'd like to share with you. It's called I Sing of a Maiden. It's often been put to music in recent years and an American has described it as a very quiet and beautiful meditation on the inward aspects of the Annunciation and the immediate consequences of Mary's acceptance of Gabriel's invitation. For me, it brings out the sense of wonder that's so much part of Christmas. So I want to read it to you. 
I sing of a maiden that is matchless. King of all kings, for her son she chose. He came all so still where his mother was, as dew in April that falleth on the grass. He came all so still to his mother's bower, as dew in April that falleth on the flower. He came all so still where his mother lay, as dew in April that falleth on the spray. Mother and maiden, there's never none but she. Well may such a lady God's mother be. That was written 600 years ago, about an event we believe took place around 2,000 years ago. So the figure of this young lass from Galilee straddles the history of the last two millennia. The lass from Galilee whose yes, uttered in silence and stillness, has transformed the history of our world. I want to end with a prayer familiar to some, which includes the greetings of Gabriel to Mary and the greetings of Mary's cousin Elizabeth when Mary visited her, also pregnant, in the hill country of Judah. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Amen.